Welcome back, sweeties. This is your host, London Ale, and this is the Eye Candy Podcast. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of the Eye Candy Podcast. This is your host, London LA. If you hear my voice go in and out throughout the entire episode, just know that I lost my voice screaming at people, okay? So if you guys are wondering, I had to do my due justice in this world, and I had to let people know what the fuck was up. So that's why my voice is gone. But anyway, let's get to our catch up. So, of course, I can't even start this episode without saying the queen of, I believe, England has passed. Queen Elizabeth. Do not come for me if it's not England. I'm pretty sure it's in Europe. So somewhere there. I've heard there's a lot of contributions that she's made to the world. I honestly have never followed like the um, the monarchs or the queens and the kings of other countries. But I've listened to enough podcasts and things like that. Not to say any, like, crazy words about it, but I've heard that she hasn't done too many good things, but I heard that she has. So I'm not sure my stance on this just yet, but I will say that it's sad when anybody passes away. So RIP the queen. I know a lot of people are, like, really sad in England and stuff. And I also heard that they get a week off for this lady passing away. So can we get literally, like, if we have trauma from the president, that's in office can we not get days off you know what I'm saying like why can't they pay it forward and we just have the same thing but anyway it's not about me it's not about us it's about them so RIP and so sorry to all the people that feel bad now that we've gotten that out the way um I had a really really productive weekend like I told myself I was gonna do certain things and I actually did it I'm always telling myself oh I'm gonna go do this oh I'm gonna go do that and I never do it but I actually did it this weekend so I went thrift shopping and it was successful that never happens for me. Every time I go thrift shopping, it's a fail. I've went thrift shopping about three times and I've never found a piece. But I actually took my time. I went through every single aisle. Mind you, this is a big thrift shop. This is like a family thrift shop. Like anyone can go here. It's not like the vintage pieces for $50. Deadass bought like five, six things for $30. That's nothing. The most I had on my list was a $9 Columbia puffer jacket. And even still, that would run for like 60 to $90 if it was anyone else's, right? Like, it was $9. I'm not complaining. So I spent $30 max at the thrift shop. And I feel so good because I'm really trying to like navigate and find my style, which is something I'm having trouble with. Because I want to buy clothes. I want to, you know, cultivate this aesthetic. But I don't even know what it is yet. So I'm having a lot of trouble. And it was so easy to do to just walk in the store and be able to like cash out for the low low on these items of clothing so it's really fun if you guys haven't tried thrift shopping go and do it it was so fun it was so much fun and then after that I went back home and I did a thrift project with my friend we painted her mirror like the outside of her mirror black it was like this um I don't even know how to explain it it was like multi-toned like brown gold whatever but it wasn't like going with the aesthetic of her house so we painted it black then while we waited for it to dry, we went swimming, we drank by the pool, listened to music, talked for a little bit for like an hour, went back, repainted the coat, and then didn't we eat? What did we eat that day? 
I forgot what we ate that day, but we ate something because I know we said we were going to go to eat. Oh, my God, what did we eat that day? Oh, my gosh, I forgot. I deadass forgot. But we ate that day, and then we ended up going out that night. We were, like, hopping. So we tried this new place in Houston called Culture Lounge, and it was cute, but we pulled in at, like, 12 a.m. Oh, we – okay, so we ate at Culture Lounge, um, and they had, like, wings and fries. The best – Wings I've ever tried in a lounge or club, like dead ass the best wings I've ever tried. Cause this other club we go to called a door, like they half ass their wings, barely any seasoning, whatever. I'm hungry, I'm still gonna eat it, I'm drunk too. So like obviously it's gonna get devoured. But culture really came through. I had these like atomic wings. It was sweet with um a lot of heat. <gasps> Babe, guess what we did not try? The hot chip. Oh my gosh, y'all. I literally, when I said atomic, so we, okay, let me finish my story. Anyway, well, let me just say this really quick. So we went to the HEB and we found like the hottest chip in the world and we were supposed to try the chip and we have yet to try it. So I'm so glad I did not try it before I got on this mic because I deadass would not have an episode for you guys this week. But I will let you guys know how it was um, when I do try it. But anywho, so we went to Culture Lounge. It was really cool. We pulled up at 12 a.m., super dead literally like two to three people sitting down it was it's like chairs with a table booths we were in a big booth that could fit like eight people um there was another booth on the other side with like eight girls then two to three people in the middle but the place is huge and it wasn't packed the music was great like it's new so I get it like you guys are still trying to get clientele still trying to get people to come in whatever whatever utilize tiktok big tip but um yeah, so that's really the only thing. It's like, it was pretty dead, but, you know, we could turn up our own shit. We turned the bitch up, period. So we had a good time. We stayed there for like an hour and a half. I think we dipped around one o'clock, one, no, it wasn't an hour and a half. It was like an hour, because we, no, we arrived at 12, and then we left at like one, because we were at the other place for like an hour. So, yeah, we, um... We stayed there for like an hour or so. So maybe we got there like a little before 12. Because I know we left at like 110-ish or something like that. And clubs in Houston close at 2 a.m. So we dipped from there. It was dead. We waited. Wasn't giving for anything. We went to this other club called 1111. We were just randomly invited to a section. Well, my friend got an invite and was like, bring whoever. Brought her gang, obviously. And so we went to the club. It was a good time. Um, a couple of people got a little too drunk. Hennessy, Casamigos, we had drank vodka that day, like New Amsterdam, Absolute Peach, which I think is a vodka. Then we go there, we drink tequila. And what is Hennessy, rum? Whiskey, whiskey. So we've had vodka, whiskey, um, tequila. I didn't. I didn't make shit. All I had was vodka that day. But a lot of people had too much to drink if that's what I'll say. So it was, it became a wild night at the end of the night. Nonetheless, it was a really good night. So we had fun. Um, but yeah, so basically that was what I did this weekend. Went home, went to sleep, had a great night. The next day, dead. Like phone is silent. We're all like, we need some time to regroup. No one wants to talk. No one wants to hang out. Kel is literally my neighbor. Like, we were so dead that day. I slept for, like, most of the day. Woke up, chilled, did whatever. Supposed to do a podcast episode. Didn't end up doing it because I was so hungover. Not even the hungover part. It's just, like, the exhausted. Like, you have the craziest night of your life. Not of my life, but you get it. Like, you have a crazy-ass night, and all you have to do is sleep. 
that's all you want to do is sleep. So basically, I didn't get anything done. But what I did do is I tried Jersey Mike's for the first time. Oh, my God. Jersey Mike's? Why did nobody tell me it was so good? The only problem I have with Jersey Mike's, it's not even with them, the establishment itself. I think it was more my fault because I drank the night before. Mind you, I was exhausted, but I, out of all three of us, I was the one with the least hangover. So I, I felt decent that day. And as soon as I finished that sandwich, I took a nap, like an hour and a half, woke up. My stomach is literal bubble guts. Like, I can't move. My back is starting to hurt. I'm starting to get a pain in my back. My chest is hurt. Like, it's literally fresh cut meat with oil and vinegar, tomatoes and lettuce. I have no idea what happened, but I couldn't eat for a good three to four hours after that. It was it was sick. It was bad. But Jersey Mike could definitely get me as a customer again when I'm sober, like 100%. But Jersey Mike's is so good. What did I get? You got the Club Supreme. I got the turkey and provolone. Is it provolone or provolone? Provolone. I got the turkey and provolone. So it was like a pretty like fresh sandwich. So I have no idea what the fuck happened that day. But anyway, yeah. So that was my weekend. It was really good. And now that we're all caught up, let's talk about my TV and Rex for the week. And this is in, within a span of like two weeks since I was off or whatever um, and didn't post the last two weeks. But anyway, look both ways with Lily Reinhart on Netflix. So first of all, I'm not really into the trope where the girl gets pregnant and she's with the guy and they're trying to figure out and navigate their relationship or because it went both ways, literal look both ways. Or you have, or no, she didn't have a kid the other way. So yeah, she had a kid. They were besties. They didn't know if they wanted to be together, whatever, whatever. The other way, like she's trying to navigate her life, which is the, the tropes I typically like, like in movies. Um, but I was doing my hair while I was watching it. And the only reason I watched it is because I was doing my hair. I can't actually sit down and watch those type of movies. But I got to say, it was really, really, really cute. And another thing I was super surprised about is like, there were so many lessons in the movie. So basically, Lily Reinhardt, the main character, um, she has sex with her best friend. Like one night, they're drunk. And he's like, do you want me to use a condom? And I guess he didn't have one on him. She's like, no, it's fine. Fuck it, YOLO. This is their high school graduation or whatever. And she ends up going to a party trying to take a, uh, she takes a, a birth, not a birth control pill. What the fuck? She takes a um, pregnancy test. And the test comes out negative, and this is where you figure out that, like, she has, like, they kind of, they kind of have, like, two separate lives that you're kind of watching simultaneously in the movie. So, she takes the pregnancy test, she's negative, and that's, like, the start of her life where she basically navigates her life without a kid, but she still has issues because she's a college girl trying to figure out what she wants. She meets this guy, it doesn't work because he's doing different things and she's doing different things, but in the future they end up coming back. So that's what happens if she never got pregnant. And then they do it to where she does get she does get pregnant. And that life basically is her navigating motherhood in her early 20s. I don't think she went to school. Oh, did she go to school? Well, I don't think she did. I don't know though. And she wants to be a cartoon artist. Like, do uh, cartoon movies and stuff and develop animation and stuff like that. And so it basically shows her being a mom and juggling career and finding herself in her early 20s. Also, she has a baby daddy who was her, who they tried working it out. It couldn't work. And then how it ended on both sides, because they're telling two stories here. That's the point of the movie. Like, there's no, there's no real ending. It's just her telling two sides of the story. 
It ended great on both sides, but throughout the entire movie, she went through trials and tribulations on both ends, with the kid and without the kid. The relationship didn't work with the kid. The relationship didn't work without the kid. She was still trying to figure out what she wanted to do career-wise with the kid and without the kid. And it was like both held weight. And she both, she felt, she had feelings about both. Like she had to go through trials and tribulations in both paths. But it showed that at the end of the day, like trust yourself and everything will work out. So I grabbed so much from that movie. And I usually don't grab too much from like romance movies it was like a it was like a romance comedy drama but more on like the romance comedy like a chick flick so I was surprised that I actually grabbed lessons from it and I thought it was really really cute so look both ways by Lily with Lily Reinhardt on Netflix 100% recommend let's get to something that I don't totally recommend but if you want something to like talk shit about on the screen 100% watch it 365 days this day on Netflix First of all, when I saw the preview come out, mind you, the second movie came out in April. Three months later, they pushed out another movie. That's why I knew automatically it was going to be bad. I had saw the trailer two weeks before they actually put on, two to three weeks before they actually put on Netflix. And I don't think I saw like the date it was going to come out. Mind you, the first time I ever saw 365 Days, the only reason I knew about it is because TikTok told me about it. They were watching the sex scenes. People would post the sex scenes on TikTok and be like, oh my God, like this is crazy. It's such a good movie. Obsessed with the first one. And not, not even because the storyline is so great and it's just so wonderfully told, but because obviously like, come on, the girls, I get it, get it. So the first one was good. The second one, don't even remember what the fuck happened. Very, very little. The third one, haven't finished it. And that's how bad it is. It's so bad, so bad. Like, it's just a bunch of like, singing what's his name the main character that's the guy um um what's his Michael Marone or something like that he's Italian the main character in the movie he plays Massimo he just sings a bunch of times I guess that was the deal like put my put my music on the movie and I'll do three four films so we just hear him singing for the first 30 minutes to an hour of the movie a bunch of sex scenes like granted that's what the movie is about we get it it's mafia it's a love story it's a dark romance I didn't need it, and, like, I, you guys didn't even try spacing it out, and that's what pisses me off. Y'all didn't even try spacing out the sex scenes. It was like, okay, let's get sex over with between Massimo and Laura, because she's not supposed to be with him, and then let's skip to Nacho, because he's also supposed to be having sex with Laura, because she's cheating and doing whatever. I honestly, like, my brain still can't function after seeing that movie. It's ridiculous. They could have did so much better with the storytelling. And mind you, it's not even really the actors, because I think the actors are attractive. I honestly have a place for them in my heart just as like the people that they are it was not giving I'm just gonna say that it was not giving for anything nothing at all it was disappointing and then another thing Laura like one thing I was telling my boyfriend is that Laura we were we were in the middle of watching it and I was like how the fuck did Laura jump from being a mafia wifey to all of a sudden she's getting invited to Portugal fashion week Girl, you never talked about fashion. Granted, I've never read the books, but the least you guys can do is like segue into that throughout the movies. You never had a passion for fashion, babes. Never. All of a sudden, you're getting invited to Portugal Fashion Week. Where's your connect? Like, I'm just trying to figure out like where, how is this story connecting? It's not connecting at all. She's doing her fashion shit and they're not, they're beefing her and Massimo, her husband, mind you, they're beefing because she never told him that she lost the baby 
during a mafia attack, like the opposite gang attacked the car. She ended up not getting hurt, but she lost the baby, I guess, due to distress and adrenaline rush or whatever. However, she did it. But um, they didn't really go into it. Again, we don't really know how she lost the baby. That was my first time hearing about it. Another thing, I didn't really watch the second one. I watched it, but I wasn't paying attention. Um, so that's another thing. It's like she lost the baby, and then Massimo is upset with her because she never told him. Now they're going two separate ways, but they never... It's a bunch of it's a bunch of montage bullshit. So it's like, oh, you're upset about this. Now we're just going to have music play and us walk past each other and look at each other. They never told us where the relationship was at that point. So that's what confused me. It's like, where the fuck is the relationship now? Well, now we know. You decide to go here and do fashion and all this woo-woo-woo shit with your bestie. And then you see Nacho, your little fling from the second movie because you thought Massimo was fucking another girl when really it was his twin, bro- twin brother. Granted, I get that. I 100% get it. Like, bitch didn't even tell you had a twin brother. <laughs> I would do the same shit. The fuck? The point is, is like, you have sex with your fling from movie two when you are dead ass still married because she goes to Portugal Fashion Week. All of a sudden, miraculously, Nacho's there, the ex-fling, they hit it off. They're on the beach. They're hanging out all day. He's trying to kiss her. And she's like, oh, I, I have to go. And then her purse is on the other side of him, laying on the beach on the beach towel. She leans over and literally pauses. She pauses so he can grab her. And it's not like for the movie. Like, oh, I want him to grab me. Like, dead ass. She was waiting for her cue and he was waiting for his. That had me sick. And then they start fucking on the beach. Haven't finished it. I don't even know what's going to happen. Because honestly... As much as Massimo pisses me off, I'm ride or die. Like, Nacho, this is not about you, babes. This is not about you. Like, the whole thing just pissed me off. The whole storyline, everything. If you want something to watch when you're bored and to just sit there and just look and squint your eyes like, huh? 365 days this day on Netflix. Perfect movie. Moving on. So, I've been trying really hard to be a Game of Thrones girly. And... The journey has been difficult. And what I'm starting to learn is that, number one, I'm 10 years too late. This shit started in 2011. Like, I should have been on the wave. I'm finally old enough to watch the show. Wow. So I'm 21 years old, and I want to watch because my mom in 2011, when I was 11, 10 years old, she would not let me watch it. Rightfully so. This show is fucking crazy. Um, But I get the addiction. And I don't know if I get the addiction because... I want to be trendy and I'm not usually like an on-trend bitch like people love housewives and bravo tv I'm not that girl but when it comes to like drama tv shows or sci-fi or mystery like I will tap in and I've been trying to tap in I'm in episode six and y'all I deadass don't get it and I'm struggling I'm in episode six so I was trying to watch I didn't get around to it but I was trying to watch like recaps for each episode for work um and I think that's what I'm going to do before because I'm going to watch it tonight after I'm done um, recording the podcast. And I'm going to watch the recaps, like 10 minute recaps for each episode. So I understand what's going on because right now I dead ass don't get it. Like they keep switching between kingdoms and I know it's not them. It's not the directors. It's not the actors. They're doing their, their job beautifully. It's me. And I've never felt so dumb in my life. I'm just like, wow. And usually, like, when it comes to mystery, even though this is not a mystery, but when it comes to mystery or something that required me to, requires me to use, like, my frontal lobe or some shit or just my brain a little bit more, I'm on it. Like, I feel so smart. This is not for me. 
it is. It's going to be for me. But like, it's not right now. And that's okay. And the only reason I hopped on the wave, I didn't give two fucks about it. I wanted to watch it like five years ago. And then I never, I never tapped in. And now I'm like, okay, House of Dragons is coming out, has came out. And all of the podcasts I listen to are talking about it and recapping. And I don't understand. And if the girlies that I love, the podcasters I love are talking about it, I'm clearly missing something. So I had to hop on the wave. I see why people like it. Like, I am intrigued, but I think I'm intrigued because I don't understand. So we'll see. when I actually start understanding, I know I'm going to be so fully tapped in. Like, I'm going to know, like, this is going to be my new favorite show for a while because there's six, seven seasons I have to watch. So there's a lot to catch up on. But right after Game of Thrones, I'm pretty sure I'll finish Game of Thrones, like, after House of Dragons is over. So I'll have a full time to catch up and, like, be on the wave and be like, someone talks about it. Like, oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, House of Dragons is on, this and that. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I know what happened, da, 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 like, right before season two hits. So I'll already be caught up by the time season two hits. I know that for a fact. So I'm really excited because I'm on this self-discovery journey of Game of Thrones, and I cannot wait. I need someone to talk about it with, like, well, when I get there, because I'm still in season one, episode six. But when I get there, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be that girl. Like, I cannot wait to actually be a part of this conversation. So anywho, that's what I'm watching now. You know me, I don't read real books. Wattpad, hello. I'm gonna read Alpha Daniel, you know, werewolf book, whatever. So that's what I'm reading. Not that any of you guys care, but I have to tell you guys because I am obsessed with Wattpad. Like, I, I wanna be a brand ambassador. Like, one day, please sponsor my podcast. Not that you guys ever need it or ever would care to like sponsor me, but I promise I'll do any brand. I might just do it for free one day. I might, I might just. But yeah, so that's what. I had to catch you guys up on with my TV and Rex. And now we can just segue straight into the wellness check and how I've been and how you have been. So yesterday was Sunday and I was watching a sermon with my mom and they were talking about vision and how faith and intention will get you to where you want to be. And I feel like in the midst of me creating this podcast and just discovering myself and even as simple as like style and just trying to figure out like who I am as who does London want to present herself to as the world, to the world, sorry, who do I want to present myself to the world, this was like so on target for me to listen to, and um, I think I'm at the point in my life where I'm super intentional about everything I do, and this sermon was really aligned with the person I'm trying to be, and one of the notes that I wrote in my journal was that vision, you don't have to have, like, you don't have to visually see vision, your vision, in order to get it. Faith, will get you everywhere. So have faith in the person you want to become. Have faith in the person that you want to be. Visualize yourself as the person you want to be. And literally, God will put you right in the place where you're, like, wherever you're meant to be, as if I couldn't have said that word anymore. But literally, whoever you want to be, wherever you want to be, whatever it is, set your sights on it. And if it's meant for you, it'll always be yours. So with that being said, the affirmation for this week is all my visions align with my purpose and I am capable of achieving my goals. And with that being said, as cliche, God damn it, cliche. Okay, as cliche as it sounds, you can do anything you put your mind to. And with that, let's get into what caught my eye. All right, it's time for what caught my eye. Ooh, that kind of rang. I like it. That's cute. All right. What caught my eye is any eye candy moment that we have to talk about in TV, movies, or pop culture news. I have one story for you guys. And what better than to talk about the Emmy Awards fashion? 
period. So let's get straight into it. Number one, of course, I can't even mention it. Like, I can't talk about this without mentioning Zendaya. I saw her post on Instagram. I was like, hold the fuck on. Because Zendaya never gives us, like, she gives us gems, but she drops them every six months. And which I get it. Like, have your private life. You deserve it. You're a working gal. She pulled up in a classic all-black Valentino gown, strapless. Girl. Girl. I mean, it's giving 1960s glam. Like, it's effortless. The glam, soft. So cute. So dainty. I'm so here for it. I don't know if she won any awards. I just... Well, I'm going to tell the one award that I do know that's important to me. But I think the Emmys is still, as we speak, going on. So I don't know if she won anything for the Emmys. But I do know that she outdid the bitches on the carpet. Like always. She clears bitches and she goes home. That's what she does. Period. The next star-studded um, look of the night is Quinta Brunson in Dolce & Gabbana. If you don't know who she is, who the fuck are you? Who are you? Quinta Brunson. Come on. Abbott Elementary, main character, let's go. She pulled up. It was like she was wearing the armor of God, the chest plate of righteousness, dead ass. Sequined or whatever the hell that shit is, I don't know. But she pulled up in like this bronze look. Looked like she won the bronze medal in the Olympics. Like she looks gorgeous, like killed it. And like these, like these mesh gloves, the rings, the jewelry, the makeup, everything just flowed from head to toe. I hope she wins an award. If not, girl, you are the award, period. Dressed as the award. Period. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just doing too much at this point. Next, we have Reese Witherspoon in a blue sequined Armani dress. Ugh, Reese. You know, Reese can really do no wrong for me. She really can't. Like, she's just so pretty. She's so gorgeous, and her beauty, like, she doesn't age. I, I don't know how old she is. I'm not going to assume, but I'm pretty sure she's 40. I'm just going to say that. Early 40s, mid-40s, something like that. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. She looks so good. The gown ate it up. Blue with the blue eyes, the blonde hair, the blue necklace. Like, girl, you do not have to show on the carpet like that. She did it. She did it. That's it. Reese Witherspoon did it and left no crumbs. Next, who I was really surprised about, and the last one that I would say really took, caught my eye is Alexandria Daddario, who looks so stunning in a Dior gown. So Alexandria Daddario is giving like this, it's beige, it's kind of see-through, shorts underneath, all the way down. I don't know what type of fabric it is, but it's eating. A red lip, she does it every single time, dark hair, bright blue eyes pale skin it's giving snow white it's giving snow white and I just she looked gorgeous like all these girls look so gorgeous and I just really wish that I had my moment like I want to step on the carpet one good time for these girls just one time please please but anyway she looks stunning love the look and then lastly the only award award that matters to me is Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abbott Elementary one outstanding supporting actress duh come on Barbara deadass made the show would Abbott even be Abbott without Barbara I mean everybody plays a role Abbott wouldn't be Abbott without anybody but literally Barbara sets the tone for Abbott Elementary like typical strict teacher old school ways like I I'm so happy for her I don't know if she's won awards in the past but well deserved I know that she's been in the industry for a long long time and I just had to say that 
what caught my eye this week is super quick, super easy. I just have to say my favorite looks. You guys let me know who you loved. I was going to talk about Venice Film Festival, but I was late. I was late. But you know what? Fuck it. While we're on fashion, I just want to tell you guys my quick looks. First of all, Florence Pugh did not have to lay the girls out like that. We know that she's been having drama with her co-stars and she's been in the tabloids, haven't, hasn't said a word like a queen does. She came and ate, and I mean, child, her whole look. It was, like, her face was so bare, but the look itself just gave everything. And the heels with the feathers, that's what sent me. I think that's what really capitalized the look for me. It's, like, the heels with the feathers, and then, like, the sparkles on the gown, the black gown. It was just giving majestic, and she does it every single time. Timothy Chalamet, oh, you guys are going to come for me. I have no idea how to say his last name. Honestly, y'all, I'm sorry. I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. But, you know, it's very Timothy in his confidence and just the person that he is. He just, he gives it to me every time. He does. I'm not feeling the outfit, but I'll give it to him just because he's Timothy Chalamet and he eats it up on the carpet every time. He gives us looks. He gives us personality. He gives us talent. He does his job and he does it well, period. And the last two people I want to mention first, Taylor Russell, who was alongside Timothy Chalamet for the movie Bones If All or something like that. Bones and All, I think it's called. It's like a romance horror flick or something like that. And she went on the carpet for the first day in a green gown. I don't know who it was by. All I know is that she looked gorgeous. Oh, Balenciaga. Balenciaga 2022 collection. Boom. That's who it was by. I just remembered. Um, she looked beautiful. She looked really, really beautiful. And honestly, like, she really outdid Timothy Chalamet. I don't want to hear shit about it. Like, the way she stepped on that carpet... Like, so effortless. Her beauty is so effortless. And I, what I love, what people do, is I love the big, huge gowns, extra, and the makeup is bare. Like, it's just you. And that's what really makes a look a look for me. Like, the girls who can step out without a full face and still eat you guys up, dangerous. Dangerous. That's all I got to say. The girls are dangerous. The last person I want to bring up, and I mean so many looks, too many looks. There's never too many, but she had so many. She served so many times. Tessa Thompson, I've seen about four looks on Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, The Cut. This girl was in the cut and dead ass doing it. Like she was doing her job. The one gown she wore, I don't know what on what day, but it was like an all red gown, super, super, um, I don't want to call it dark, but it was like, it was just so bold. And it, I don't know, like she was like matching the carpet almost and just it wrapped around her head. It went to the ground. Her makeup, I believe she did a red lip. I'm not sure. But that look to me is just, it had me on the floor, sprawled out, couldn't breathe. She did it. She did it. I don't have any favorite looks, honestly. Like I think everybody ate in their own way. And I love originality. I love, I love a good moment. And the girls gave it to us. So hopefully... You guys enjoyed my little perspective, but of course, disagree. We can agree to disagree. That's fine. That's fine, too. Give me your favorite Venice Film Festival looks. Give me your favorite Emmy Award looks. And now that we're done with what caught my eye, let's go into down the Reddit hole, shall we? Let's just jump right in. Why not? This week's different. We're just jumping right into shit. So this week's subreddit, I'm in Friendship Advice, and the title of this one is Never Felt Fulfilled in My Friendships. 
I, a 26-year-old female, have always had friends and some really good friends, I might add. However, for as long as I can remember, I've never felt fulfilled and truly content with the friendships in my life. I have small friend groups and some individual friendships, uh, friendship relationships. I've always felt like everyone I'm friends with has better friends, though. Friends they're closer or to or hang out with more. I feel like I'm complaining and obviously my situation could be worse, but it's so hard to feel alone even though I have people in my life. It's feeling like I've never been able to shake and I wonder if I'll ever be able to. Huh, this is a good one. It's a good one. I think that a lot of times when we enter friendships, we don't ask ourselves this question enough. Like what, and it, it might sound super, I don't know, it's gonna sound a certain way to people, but let me go into it. You should you both should be mutually benefiting from each other. Like you should both have something to gain. One person can't just be feeding off of you and you're not getting anything back. Whether it's like, for example, so if you're the one that always gives your friends the advice or whenever they go get out of a bad relationship, they go to you and all the problems that they have, they go to you. And of course, they're your friend. You want to do it. And they're just feeding, feeding, feeding off of your energy. But when it comes when you need help or relationship advice, they're not available or whatever the case is, that's not mutually beneficial. So I think the most important things is to feel fulfilled in a friendship is make sure that it's mutually beneficial. Also, I think we hold on to a lot of people that we shouldn't. I think a lot of times we're like, oh, um, I've known them for this long or oh, like they're my best friend. Oh, we hang out all the time. Like it's OK to branch off if you're if you're no longer they're no, if they're no longer serving you and you feel like it's just kind of like lacking somewhere, first of all, have a conversation because that's what you need to do in any type of relationship. Second of all, it's okay to move on. It's totally okay. If you feel like you can find better friends somewhere else or you want to and the relationship is not worth hanging on to because it's just not working anymore and you're not clicking, go ahead and go find something else. That's fine. Granted, don't drop people dead. Don't ghost, okay? I'm not saying that. Like I said, have a conversation. If it's not working and they're not listening, then clearly you need to do some self you need to do some self-evaluating. You need to look for other friends. And the other person might need to too. So um, this was a really good point. And honestly, like I feel like we've all been at a point in our lives where we were like, you know what? This friendship, like, what's the point of it? Like, okay, we started off best friends because we like the same thing, but we really are two different people. You know what I'm saying? So I think that one thing is have a conversation. If you guys don't have a conversation, well, first of all, do it, number one. Have the conversation. But if the conversation doesn't go well or you're not really finding the answers that you want to, it is totally okay for you to branch off and find other friends. Not saying you have to completely drop them. Like, if you love them and you want to continue to hang out with them and things like that, by all means, keep them around. That's not what I'm trying to say. The point is, is like, make sure you're communicating how you feel. And if it's not something that you feel like you're ready to communicate yet, do it when you're ready, you know, because I feel like these are tough conversations to have. And not everybody's on the same maturity level as you. So a lot of people will not be ready to have these type of conversations. So make sure this is definitely something that you talk about with your friend or friends if it's multiple. And um, yeah, I think a lot of friendships and relationships are about communication, and also a lot of people don't realize how much weight they put on other people and how much they're not giving back to their to their friends and in their relationships because they're so used to feeding off of other people's energy and not giving back anything else in return. So make sure you pay attention to that. Keep that in mind for future friendships because that'll be definitely super important to carry over into other relationships. But yeah, that was a really good question. Like I said, super relatable. If you guys are experiencing the same thing, the same goes for you guys. And that's all I have for Down the Reddit Hole. And now we can get into the eye candy of the week. 
All right, you guys, the eye candy topic of the week is the hot topic of the week and how we finish off our episode. This week, we're going to talk about authenticity and how to be your most authentic self and four steps to being true to you. So I feel like this was a really important topic because me as somebody in my early 20s, like I said earlier in the episode, like I'm always trying to find ways to reinvent myself and how to be a better self. I have a decade left in my 20s. So now, if anything, is the time to start figuring out like you and authenticity I think is so important because we always are on social media always seeing other people some people have already tapped into themselves or maybe not like it's all a perception you know people show us what they want us to see but I think it was really important to talk about because it's something that I'm currently going through and I think it's something that we can all work on with each other so these are four things that I've kind of identified and looked into as important steps to being true to yourself and starting to be true to yourself and finding that authentic you and how to be a better you. So number one, I would have to say is vulnerability. So being authentic is taking down the walls we build up to protect ourselves from how the world views us. Being vulnerable is the first step to tackling this because when I say vulnerable, I don't mean wearing your life story on your sleeve and like just telling everybody, spilling your heart out and all that type of stuff. It's telling everyone about it it's telling everyone about it and being okay with the real you. So like if someone asks you a question, you're not trying to cage off yourself because you're afraid of what they're going to think. You can keep certain things to yourself because they're sacred to you, but like just not being afraid of like who you are and who you're supposed to become. So vulnerability is super, super important. When you see people on social media or on TikTok and Instagram, like the people that you love the most are the people that are vulnerable and are okay with putting those walls down with those walls down. I think vulnerable people are like so easily drawn to because they're human and they could be a celebrity. They can be the most famous person person in the world or the richest person in the world. But someone that's able to put those walls down and be really honest with where they're at is super, super admirable. So I think that's the number one thing to be most authentic is definitely tapping into vulnerability. The second thing is observing yourself. So how do you feel? Who are you with? What are you doing? These are the type of questions you ask yourself when you ask yourself, am I being myself? So we try to fit in this to this mold and be the person we think people want us to be because honestly, it's easier than being yourself. When you try to act like everybody else, you're trying to fit to the trend. You're trying to fit to society. But when it comes to trying to be the real you, you have to ask yourself, who am I in these types of situations? Who is the real me when I'm around this person or if I'm around this environment or whatever the case is? Someone who's clearly being themselves is going to be set apart from the majority. And I feel like a lot of us, to protect ourselves from outside opinions or what people have to say, we close that that part of ourselves off. And a lot of us know who we really are, but like I said, we're afraid of other people seeing that because what if they don't like that? So simply looking at who you're with when you're at your best and the outside factors that influence that can give you a look into who you are and not who you're trying to be. So observing yourself in certain environments is definitely important when trying to be your most authentic self. Number three is be present. This is something I feel like we hear people say and don't know what it means. And I know when I heard people say, oh, just be present or just do this, live in the moment. I'm like, what the fuck does that actually mean? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. But being present is actually engaging and focusing on the now and not letting your mind be distracted on other things. And I feel like when we're not present, like I said, it all has to do with like how people feel about us. And the people that have the biggest issue with authenticity are A, 
not okay with themselves. So they're stopping themselves from being who they should be. So they're their own person in their way. Or number two, it's like other people viewing them a certain way um, in society. So being present in the moment and just like, you know what? I'm going to wear this outfit and not being like, oh my God, but what if, again, we're speaking future tense. What if they're going to say this about me? What if they're going to think this about me? What if they think this is lame? Be present. If you want to wear the outfit, wear it. If you want to tell a joke in the moment, obviously read the audience. Like, you know, you shouldn't be popping jokes on a fucking funeral and shit. But you know what I mean? Like, if you have a lighthearted joke to ease the mood, you know, tell it. Like I said, read the room. Don't say London, LA told you so. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know what I mean? Be present in the moment because honestly, I think presence is the most important thing. I know my issue is always looking at the future. I, I oftentimes like zoom out too much. And it's not like the vision thing I was talking about in the wellness check. Vision is like seeing yourself in my eyes as the highest self you can be and believing that you can get there. When I'm saying I look into the future when it comes to being authentic, I look into like what will people think? And that's not the way you want to look. Being present is totally tapped into the moment and focused on the now. And the more you focus on now, the more you can't help but to be you because you're not worried about what's going to happen in the future or what people are going to say or what people are going to think or whatever the case is. So tapping into your true and most authentic self now is so, so important. So being present, I feel like is one of the biggest takeaways. Really saturate yourself in the now. And number four is letting go of fear. And I take it back. This is probably the biggest thing I want to talk about because fear oftentimes it really consumes our whole lives, like everyone's. If it doesn't, like I admire you and please give me tips. But the whole reason why you're afraid of being you and being your most authentic self is because, like I said, you're afraid of what other people are going to say or think. So the reasons why people struggle to be who they are is because they're afraid of others' opinions or perception. We've all been there, first of all. Like, I've been there a million times where I'm like, oh my gosh, if I wear this or if I say this or if I literally talk like this, the person's going to think that I'm weird or whatever the case is. And I think that this podcast has really given me a platform to find myself. Honestly, like, I'm always looking for ways to figure out, like, who is London? And I can still fall into that trap of, like, caring. It's really scary to get on a mic and people think that what you say is not valid or if, like, you're boring or if it's not good. But at the end of the day, I'm being authentic to myself. I'm not thinking about... I'm obviously making content for you guys and what you guys want to hear, but I'm being authentic to myself, which I think is most important because when you're authentic to yourself, people can't help but to feed off of your authenticity, authenticity, excuse me, and energy. And so I think that's the most important thing is letting go of fear. I can't say I've been the most authentic self version of myself for all 21 years. And it's because I have been afraid. So I think that's one thing that we have to take into account is like what people have to say about us honestly does not matter. A lot of people may talk about you because they wish they were you. And they're not as brave to be their most authentic self like you are. And I think that's something that's good to take in. Like, if you think about it from that perception, it's like, oh, you know what? The only reason you're talking about me is because, number one, you could never. And, if, of course, it's if it's not anything outlandish or crazy, like, you know, like, totally unreasonable, obviously you don't want to be like that. But if it has something to do with confidence, a lot of people make fun of people who they would never have the guts to be like them or do what they do. So I think that's another really important thing. 
there's only one you and there will always be one you and that's the like you can you have to live with yourself your entire life you might as well like the person that you see in the mirror and authenticity is so important and just such it's such an important quality to have because like I said like it's it's your individuality it's who you are and it's it's what makes you you and I know the people that I love the most are the people that are fearlessly boldly and daringly bravely themselves like I think it's so courageous and it's original obviously because you're not trying to be like anyone else but you and so many people and icons I see like the people the people I think are icons at least are ones that are not afraid to try something so I think the one thing the one great example I could say is Zendaya so Zendaya is so unconventional to me because she's like this runway supermodel she's also super private but whenever she does interviews, she's so transparent and she's so her. She's never trying to fit this whole mold of like, I'm Zendaya, who's like the best model in the world or whatever, whatever. Like Zendaya knows who she is and she doesn't have to prove it to anyone. That's her being authentic because she knows who she is. And when you know who you are, it doesn't matter who in the room agrees with it or not. Like you are you through and through. And so one thing I want to challenge you guys this week is to be daring and be your most authentic self unapologetically. Eye candy to me, the point of the podcast is a lot more that meets the eye and that's you. Like you're a lot more than just what you look like or the few words you might say in an interaction with someone in public. Like you're so much more than that. Like start acting like that person. And with all that being said, this was so, so quick, but it's because I was supposed to talk about this like two to three weeks ago. And I think I I didn't want to harp on it too much because I feel like the four key takeaways They're so, like, quick. I didn't want to drag it out. There's quick, straight to the point. Like, you get it. You know what I mean? Um, But I definitely wanted to leave you guys with that today. And with that being said, we can go ahead and wrap up this week's episode. All right, you guys. This is probably, like, the quickest episode I've ever done. But I barely have a voice, okay? I stretched this out as long as I could because I didn't want it to be, like, 10 minutes long. First of all, I could never just talk to you guys for 10 minutes. Like, we have to be on here for at least... 45 to an hour like I have to talk to my girls my sweeties but anyway we're gonna wrap up this week's episode if you want to follow me anywhere you can at iCandy podcast on Instagram and you can email me at iCandyPodcast at gmail.com with any questions crazy stories or feedback and of course we're named anonymous make up a name if you email me we don't have to say the real name I got you girl if you want to find me on my personal Instagram it's at xlondon one thing I'm 14 episodes in and one thing I've never ever ever told you guys to do was make sure you rate me and give me five stars on all platforms, wherever you're listening. Give me five stars if you love me. Um, I'm assuming if you're listening that you love me. So, like, give me five stars. Leave a nice little comment for the girls. And, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. I can't wait to talk to you guys next Wednesday. Once again, if you haven't heard it enough already, this is your host, London LA, and this is the iCandy Podcast. Bye.